welcome aboard the battleship pretension i am tyler smith i'm david bax and thank you for listening david yes how you doing uh well uh like a lot of people i'm uh very sad today not because of the uh results of the presidential election uh, which were uh um finally concluded since we uh, recorded oh and thanks to scott and julie for talking dance movies uh with me for two on nearly two hours uh for, that was a lot for, of fun for filling in for the last uh, i know that i came came on to talk yeah. about uh, ennio morricone but uh but yeah thanks uh for to scott and uh julie for uh showing up showing up that sounds wrong for uh, taking time out of their busy schedule is what i should have said but uh, i really appreciate it uh yes um uh no i'm sad because of the passing of alex trebek someone who uh was uh, uh meant a lot to people of multiple generations i mean i've been uh, alex trebek has been a presence my entire life essentially or you know as long as i've been aware of uh yeah. of jeopardy i'm not sure what year he started hosting sometime in the 1980s um but yeah. uh uh, as long as I've been aware of it, he's been there and he's been, uh, I, I think for certain, uh, you know, smarty pants types, uh, he, he was kind of a, a role model. And I think it's, it really is, uh, you know, when I, when I would watch interviews with him, he seemed like a, a pretty decent and, uh, kind of a humble guy, uh, who just did his job very well. Um, it's just so interesting. I, I think about this, you know, I, I, these days, just because, I'm so tired and because uh, of where I am in my life, like I'm, I, I'm prone to melancholy even more so than most, uh, most of the time. And um, there's just something about someone like him who, you know, I, I've, I don't know if I've ever, I'm sure I've watched f uh, at least one full episode of Jeopardy, but I've seen sequences here and there. And my, sometimes I would just tune into it while it was on. And I think it's, you know, so I'm not the game show person that some people are, uh, but it's it was more than a game show. It was it was like this cultural touchstone. I mean, everybody knew what Jeopardy was, and everybody knew who Alex Trebek was. And so, you know, as as you get older, of course, there are people who there are people you know who pass away, and then there are people that you greatly admire, uh, you know, whose work you admire uh, who pass away. And then there are people who like Alex Trebek, who is not that I don't admire his work. It's just, it's not like he was a musician whose songs like really touched me. It's just, it's, it's this, this part of your life that you just unconsciously just kind of feel like will always be there um, because it's always been there in sort of in the background. And uh, I remember I read a, a C.S. Lewis book called the four loves, which he talks about like the four different types of, of love and, uh, and one of them had, to, I, I forget if it was called affection uh, or something, but it was basically about your love for just the, the mundane everyday things that you don't think about until they're gone. And it's not that I wasn't thinking about Alex Trebek uh, when he was alive. It's more just the realization that like, you know, obviously we're all getting older, but also just uh, nothing is, nothing is permanent. And obviously that's one of the things that makes things so special, but uh yeah, I, I found myself getting oddly emotional. It's not like he was a, a spring chicken, like both he was both ill and he was 80 years old. So, you know, he lived a, a long life. But nonetheless, there's just something about this, the the face of this show that everybody knew about. And the, and he's gone now. And it seems somehow, you know, you've I've been reading about like people that could replace him. And it's like it feels like he's irreplaceable because the show mm. is him like who on earth could you get to replace him because i don't know and and that's just the way things go maybe the show keeps going and they 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 put somebody in there and then another generation grows up with like oh this is the host of jeopardy just as for some people like the host of the price is right is drew carey and not bob barker but um yeah that's it's, so uh, strange by the way i like oh sure uh, i it's so like i've seen it happen my my wife watches the price is right a lot uh, which means since we've been all working from home, she's watching it while I'm home uh, uh, a lot of the time. So I've watched a lot more of it in the recent months. And every once in a while you hear someone accidentally say Bob instead of Drew. Mm. And 
I really, I think if I were somehow a contestant on The Price is Right, I would do that. I would, I would, I'm sure I would sure. do that. Especially if I wanted to bid $1, I would say $1, Bob, because that's, that's yeah. a complete uh, uh, phrase. But I would never be a contestant on The Price is Right because I do not have enough, uh, enough energy. They want people with energy. And yeah. I'd be like, how's it going, Drew? Uh, but no, we're not here. We're not talking about uh, prices. Right? We're yeah. talking about Alex Trebek. Um, uh, yeah, who uh, 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 I loved him for making TV uh, that was for everyone and yet smart. It feel that feels like oh. an air, like a, uh, a remnant of the past when you had people like Edward R. Murrow on the TV, where you were, yeah. uh, you know, you were looking up to people on TV as uh, uh, as being. Uh, uh, smart being someone to to look up to, not just, I guess um, this is going to sound old, but not like let's laugh at these dumb people, which is like a huge, sure, uh, <laughs> huge subset of what TV uh, is now. Um, and I will also mention Alex Trebek, big hockey fan, and so much sure. beloved in the hockey community. I actually watched some clips of him hosting the 1993 NHL Awards uh, mm. from Toronto. Um, um, and uh, where he comes out um, with a fake like mullet, like uh, uh, like <laughs> long gray hairs, like sort of taped to the back of like glued to the back of his actual gray hair, which is also like that's twenty seven years ago. He was already gray then. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember like when he shaved his mustache, and I was like, oh yeah. man, I, how could I ever think of him the same way? Um, but. Uh, and and I actually did see you know obviously there have been a lot of clips floating around of him lately and uh, there's one where there's like a sports category and it's like the last category on the board like all three contestants like went for everything else except that and then you know one question by one um, they just keep not getting it and like Alex Trebek is getting irritated. And like eventually like lets them know that. And and it's something that I kind of like that. Yeah. Yes, this is a show that that champions intellect, but it also champions a variety of intellect. And how did hey, he let them know? What did he say? Uh, you know what? I don't I'll be honest. I don't remember because I got uncomfortable. Um, so I didn't oh, I watch it all the way that. through. I got to find uh, that clip. But yeah, so uh, but it was interesting. Um that you mentioned he was a hockey fan. And I think he's also somebody who took the show seriously. It's like, this isn't just something for a very specific type of nerd, like knowledge con comes in all shapes and sizes, you know? Um, and I remember, uh, I remember years ago when the Sklar brothers were on uh, BP and they were talking about how, like when sports people like look down on, on nerd culture and meanwhile, they'll like scamper back and like write down all the statistics uh, yeah. for a, a specific team. It's like, yeah, we all have our thing. And, uh, and so I myself am not a, am not a sports fan, but I, I do recognize that like, yeah, if, if you're going to know things, if you're going to like make your bones on like knowing things, then you have a responsibility to try to know as much as you can. So anyway, uh, but yeah, Alex Trebek, uh, RIP. I, RIP. I feel, uh, feel sad about it. Yeah. Uh, but you know what will make you feel better is some tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Uh, today I was listening to, I've, uh, I've been on a real black metal kick lately. And so okay. today I was listening to a new, or by new, I mean 2020. I'm not sure exactly when it came out, but a new album by a Belgian band with a Dutch name. They're called Antzat or Antsat. I'm not sure how you uh, pronounce their name, but I know how you pronounce the name of their album because uh, thankfully it's in English um, as metal albums tend to be uh, or Latin. Uh, no, uh, it's called For You Men Who Gaze Into the Sun. And uh, it's really uh, powerful, soaring, epic black metal. Um, and I, uh, I, I really dug it and it sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Tweakedaudio.com earbuds are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler? Right. Yeah. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Uh, on, the, uh, on a recent... Uh, either a recent Patreon or a Patreon that is about to be posted because we right. record them back to back. So sometimes I forget what <laughs> what was said when uh, w- uh, I-, I mentioned John Wayne's uh, the introduction of John Wayne's character in Stagecoach as being a great character introduction. And, yeah. and you said, why don't we do an episode on uh, great character introductions? Um, and I feel like uh, this will be fun, but also I'm. I'm more almost more looking forward to the comments and tweets we get because sure I'm I will admit that this is not the type of thing like when someone says one I'll be like oh yeah that's good but it's not the type of thing I'd necessarily have a great memory for off the top of my head so I feel like I'm probably forgetting a lot once I started making my list I realized like oh this is too big of a topic uh, oh really okay there, there'll See, be I have not the too big but like there will be so many yeah. um that that i'm missing uh you know i went first by like my own memory and then i went through like my my list of like my favorite movies of all time and you know when you as is often the case like when you tie something not to the movie but to individual characters you could have three great introductions in one movie sure um and so uh that's when you realize like oh there's a lot there's a lot here so well um, so um, i think i'm just gonna be scratching the surface yeah me too i'm sure um but i think uh, a main problem I have is trying to differentiate a great introduction to a movie, like a great opening scene. Yep. So like, I love the opening of train spotting with, with Renton's yep. whole monologue, but is that actually a good introduction to Renton or is it just a great opening of the movie that I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I had the same thought as I was going through writing some of these down. There are a few that I'm like, damn, like this character is introduced at the beginning of the movie and they're introduced, like who's to say that they're treating the character this way because of the character or it's like, well, we got to start the movie off in a, in, in a good way. Like for example, uh, the limey. Okay. So it's playing the seeker and it's showing, uh, it's showing, uh, the character of Wilson played by Terrence stamp, um, you know, coming to, to Los Angeles and, and so it's a montage and it definitely introduces us to him, but it also introdu- introduces us to the movie, to the editing style, to despite the fact that it takes place in 1999, like being very 60s uh, informed. And so that's one that I put on, took off and then put back on. Um, and then similarly, I'm, I feel conflicted about the opening to Miller's Crossing, which I realize like. I wrote down like, oh, it's a good intro for Leo, Tom, the Dane, and Casper. It's like, so it's a good intro to everybody in that scene. I think it's safe to say that's just the intro to the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I did, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I tried to differentiate where I could. So let me, I'll just throw out some that I think are just good opening scenes of movies that might also serve. These are things from, I, I peruse my own Blu-ray and DVD collection to try and get ideas. Um, the Hurt Locker has an amazing opening. Okay. I don't. I don't know if that's a great uh, introduction to the 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 character I, because I mean, I, in a way, it's been a while since I've watched The Hurt Locker, but uh, I feel like that opening is more of an ensemble piece, and the movie the movie becomes very much about Jeremy Renner's character. Yeah. So I'm not sure of that uh, opening scene. I, I don't remember the opening scene actually. I haven't seen it since oh, it came out. It's the one that uh, Guy Pierce is in. The one scene that Guy Pierce is in. Oh, that's right. And yes, then he yes, dies. Of course. Um, but also Anthony Mackie's in that scene, right? I believe it, so yeah and so it really feels like this team of bomb like uh diffusers whatever they're called sure. the bomb squad or whatever it feels like a, an, uh, an ensemble piece but it's just a great scene mm-hmm. um uh another one from my uh collection oh i had it on the tip of my tongue and now i lost it uh oh well um but i will mention uh um cool hand luke has an amazing opening Yes, but, it does. But it's also kind of, that's kind of an interesting, I think it is a good character introduction. Um, 
but it's also interesting because he's Luke is so like pathetic in that moment, like at the beginning, Mm -hmm. like he's just doing, he's drunk and he's doing a dumb thing. Yeah. Like because he's drunk and he feels like, like destroying these parking meters, he's just doing that and singing. and And it's like, it's kind of pathetic and it's kind of an interesting way to start a movie going, yep, here's, here's your hero. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's an interesting in that it's, uh, uh, cause a lot of great character intros, I talk about the, the, maybe the first one that came to mind for me is Philip Seymour Hoffman and Charlie Wilson's war. Oh, sure. That, that scene with him, uh, telling off John, his boss, John Slattery. Yeah. That's a scene that tells us everything we need to know about that character. Yeah. Know exactly who he is. Whereas cool. And Luke is kind of the opposite. It, it, uh, uh, it, it, it gives us a picture of, uh, of of him not that he ever becomes like part of what's uh fascinating about luke is not that he ever like takes on the mantle of leadership and takes on and like becomes a responsible person he's just right. an indefeatable spirit um yeah. and uh uh so that's an interesting character introduction because we're seeing him as he is but also we will learn a lot more uh, uh about him Along um, those lines, uh, I will say the the introduction is the first scene of the film, but it's also the character introduction, and that's uh, Rushmore, where uh, with the character of Max, where uh, he's in uh, a classroom and there's uh, a a math problem like on the side board, and it's it was written there as a joke because it's like the hardest one, uh, hardest math problem anybody could think of, and someone's like, well, what 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 if someone actually does? And he goes. And the teacher's like, let me put it this way. If anybody in here solves this, I'll make sure none of you ever open a math book again. And so everyone like looks to Max and he goes, oh, you know, are you talking to me? And then he like walks over and like does it easily, I think while also holding a cup of tea. Uh, And then he gets it and everyone cheers. And then it's revealed that that's like a a, a fantasy in his own mind. Um, And that tells you a lot about the character that he wants to be seen as exceptional. Um, and he wants to be seen as beloved by, by people. Um, and the fantasy itself is ridiculous. And so, uh, I feel like that's, you know, it's the, it's the first scene of the film really. Uh, but it also is, uh, a good intro to him, both who he, who he wants to be. He doesn't think he's this, but who he wants to be. And the fact that that's who he wants to be tells us a great deal about him before we ever establish who he actually is. You know, it's uh, another great thing about being uh, home all the time is I can uh, uh, ask my wife for help in, in, in preparing. And she mentioned not Rushmore specifically, but just that Wes Anderson across the board uh, uh, is really good at introducing yeah. characters. Uh, she mentioned Margot Tenenbaum uh, as being a very uh, memorable character introduction yeah. uh, for sure, uh, which also helps me because I realized that a lot of my list was men. And I was like uh, trying to think of uh, some great uh, female character introductions. Um, another one my wife came up with that, uh, uh, I think is terrific and very long is the introduction to, and I'm forgetting her name, but Lucy Liu's character in kill bill, the whole like animated, like backstory, uh, is, is, is fascinating. Um, Uh, also in kill bill, I will say, uh, L driver. And while it may be a little bit too, Yeah. Yeah. Well, it may be a little bit too uh, precious, but like she's walking around dressed like an old timey nurse as she like whistles this uh, upbeat tune. Um, And I think that's the first that we see of her. And she's got that eye patch. Right. And it's the first we see of her. Um, And then once she finally arrives at her destination, um, she uh, she's about to kill someone and you see that she's really tough as nails. So I feel like that's a pretty good uh, intro as well. Yeah. uh, all right. So, well, sticking with women and just amazing opening sequences that I don't know, is this a great character introduction or is this just, uh, uh, I feel like, no, look, people our age will never get to experience the twist in Psycho for the first time sure. or whatever. So, I, you know, it's, I, I don't want to say like, oh, I feel sorry for young people. Every generation has this thing. Sure. But for us, I don't think younger people might understand what it was like to see the matrix in the theater when it first came out, because what people don't understand is we, it's the rare, it was the rare marketing campaign in which we really didn't know what the movie was. Yeah. And so when Trinity like runs along the wall, you know, and like jumps and stops in midair and kicks that cop or whatever, like I, it's, 
I can't, I have rarely been able to replicate that feeling in a, in a, in a movie theater. It was, and part of that is that I'm 17 or I was probably 16 yeah. at the time where well, I hadn't even turned 17 yet, uh, at the time. Um, and you tend to feel things, you know, there's a reason everyone's favorite music is the music that came on. They were teenagers. Like, sure. so maybe I'm too jaded to feel the way I felt, uh, uh, in that moment now. But, um, uh, uh, again, I'm not sure that we actually learn a lot about Trinity there. So maybe it's just a great opening scene. Yeah. I think, I think it, it, it lets you know more what the movie is. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's an interesting, it shows her as a very able character, obviously, and someone that, uh, that can handle herself. So there is that, but, uh, the same would be true of any character that was doing that in the moment. Um, there's nothing I think unique to her, but it's certainly a good opening to the film. Um, uh, I, I want to get to one more, uh, I've got a few more actually. Let's, I want to stick with this theme of, is it just a great opening? Or yeah, is it a I, have a, I have a few of those and I'm, uh, yeah, let's knock those out. That's good. So, so here's a couple I think are just great openings. I said, I was going to avoid any MCU, but I do love the guardians of the galaxy and him singing, come and get your love. Uh, sure. that's, I love that scene. That's a good intro but, for him. Yeah. But that could just be that. I just like the song, you know, same with like the opening yeah. of baby drivers another music, another music heavy movie that I just love. That is a John Spencer song, uh, uh, at the beginning, not the guy who played Leo on the West wing. Um, the guitarist, John Spencer. Um, I have my like, theories. They're the same person. <laughs> um, but I don't know if that counts as a, as a great opening. I also don't know. This one, I feel like you've maybe seen more recently than I have, yeah. or maybe not. I feel like we talked about it recently. We talked about Ennio Morricone, but Once Upon a Time in the West has an amazing opening sequence, yes. a very patient intention building, amazing opening sequence. Um, but I feel like I'm on the fences because I, I mean, Harmonica is a badass in that. And we learn yeah. he's a badass. So is that a great character introduction? I think, I think it's, I it's think on the it fence. Could, I think okay. it counts partially because, you know, what I guess I just, he doesn't what show up until like that whole, whole opening sequence is like a full 10 minutes. Right. Right. And like, uh, uh, they're waiting for him. So like, most of it is before he even gets there, but maybe that's what makes it a great introduction. Th- they're a lot of the movie, a lot of the introductions that I've incorporated here in, involve some level of buildup by other characters so that okay. when they show yeah, up, I've got some of those, uh, so that when they show up, it's a nice payoff. But I think all of that counts, you know, those guys are not there by happenstance. They're there like waiting for him. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're waiting for him. So that speaks to his character. That speaks to, you know, that like, all right, they are, there are several of them and they are waiting in their tents and they know that like this, we'll see how this goes. And then sure enough, hit the payoff is, yeah, they, they had reason to be tense. Like he kills them all. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, let's see. Okay. And then uh, wait, uh, I want to get, I want to get opening scenes out of the way here. Okay. Cause I've got, um, one more that I was trying to, this is what I was trying to think of earlier for my movie collection, the opening of four weddings and a funeral, which is just sure. Hugh Grant saying fuck, like I think 20 times in a row, uh, great opening. I guess it's a good introduction to certain aspects of his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not sure if it counts. And then another one, that I think both works as a great opening and a great opening, uh, or a great character introduction is American psycho and the whole, yeah. uh, the whole, um, uh, uh, voiceover monologue about who he is, uh, and what he does. And, and, uh, I am simply not there and, uh, all that stuff while we're seeing this him be kind of ridiculous. Like that, that movie becomes funnier every time I watch it. I think the first time I saw it when it came out, when I was still in high school or maybe right after high school, was that summer of 2000? I can't remember. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right after high school then. Um, like I knew that there were funny parts, but I don't think I really got how much American psycho was a comedy. Yeah. And now when I watch that opening sequence, it's like, it's very well written and beautifully, uh, uh, read that, that voiceover monologue, but it's also the comparison with the, uh, pampered wall street uh douchebag that we're watching uh and his monologue about how terrifying he is um is is hilarious uh okay so looking at opening uh sequences i've got a few okay let me make sure i i'm not missing any of them okay so just to i'm gonna rattle off a few and some of them again are a little bit a little bit iffy. So, um, the introduction of the character of Kane in Alien, 
um which is i'm not counting like all of the spaceship waking up but that moment where the sleep you know the 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 freezers open and the light comes on and and then like he sits up and he's his eyes are shut at first and then he slowly wakes up i'm not sure if that's a good character intro because that he just is the first one that woke up Mm -hmm. there's nothing unique about him in particular in that moment so i'm not sure about that then of course there's the other cane um which is the opening to citizen cane where we are slowly but surely work our working our way towards that window and then he says rosebud and then he uh and then he dies um it's a good intro to any character and i guess when it comes down to it, it's like well that's this doesn't tell us much about him it's like yeah that's the whole point of the movie and then right after that we get a newsreel that tells us everything superficial about him um so uh so i think that there's a cleverness there as well uh i will say uh raiders of the lost ark the the introduction to indiana jones like we see okay. a lot of walking through the jungle and we see his back and then when someone pulls a gun on him, he pulls his whip and then he steps into the light and it's a nice moment. Um, the introduction of Batman in Tim Burton's Batman, um, where uh, he stops oh, these yeah. two guys and then literally says, I'm Batman. Yeah. Um, the introduction of defense from falling down. Okay. Which, you know, is, is again, an introduction to the movie itself and just the, the, the nightmare landscape of uh, Los Angeles. The opening of Sexy Beast um, being the introduction to Ray Winstone's character as he oh. uh, uh, lies by the pool in a Speedo. Well, it's interesting you say that because I had Don Logan on my list. I had that there as well, yeah. Okay, as the thing you were talking about earlier, someone who was built up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I will also include uh, the Blues Brothers where you have Jake being released from jail and so he's walking along and then they show like here's the the contents of his uh of his yeah uh, of his pockets when he was uh detained and then he gets out and his brother is waiting for him in the in the co- the old cop car and um and so then they hug as the music comes in like it's th- those characters never say anything um and so but there's so much there's so much build up around his release and when you see that they're dressed the same once he is allowed his clothes again uh so I, I think that's a pretty good character intro and a good intro not just to jake but to elwood as well um so i think that's all i have as far as like introduction like opening uh, like scenes opening scenes oh shit i thought um you know I what keep i guess thinking of more i guess like cabaret has a great opening number mm. but i don't know if that's introduction to the mc um but uh uh, I'm trying to remember because it's been so long since I've seen Blade that mm. I've never uh, seen Blade. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember what happened. Like, is the when he he shows up at the vampire like blood rave? You you at least know of the scene, right? I, I know of that. Yes. yes. Yeah, uh, and and kicks all these vampires' asses. I think that's a. I think that's the opening of the movie, but it, uh, it's been so long since I've seen it that I don't entirely remember. But it's a good. Uh, action uh yeah i guess we don't we, i i didn't think about like action movies having someone who's the first thing they do is kick a bunch of people's asses i guess trinity yeah. is the same thing sure uh you know what um i did uh jen and i recently rewatched uh, rear window and the introduction to jimmy stewart's character is so good because we the camera just goes through his apartment and you see uh photos that he's taken and then you see a photo of like a, a race car coming right towards him. And then you, then you pan down and you see a, a broken camera and then you see him sitting there with broken legs and it tells you everything about what got him into this situation. Um, which oh, I guess is great. also kind of an introduction to watch it again, man. Yeah. It's a good movie. Um, and I guess in a way, uh, the, the, the introduction to Darth Vader in the first star Wars, like a lot of stuff happens before he officially shows yeah. up. Yeah. That's a character um, introduction, yeah. but I, I would, you know, uh, yeah, but that's definitely him. Um, okay. So I think that, I guess the, the, maybe the ballad of Buster Scruggs, as far as the introduction to Buster, um, the, like his is the first story and he shows up singing a song. Um, I don't know if that's, I mean, it's an introduction to a movie that's like like five different stories. And so it's really just the introduction to the first story, but also this character. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I forgot an obvious one, which is The Godfather, which uh, sure. is... Sure. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I love that uh, that intro um, because I guess... 
similar to the introduction is very similar to, or I guess rather the introduction to Leo and Miller's crossing is very similar to sure. this and that, uh, the character with the more power, uh, is the one not talking. Yeah. We, we have a whole long speech from someone else first. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't remember how they shoot, uh, the opening of Miller's crossing, but I do know that I think we, we stay on, uh, uh, what Bonacera, um, in the Godfather, we stay on him as he's talking about, like, right. I believe in America and all that. And then once he is done, then we cut to Vito. Um, yeah, that's great. And so that it's, it's more, it feels, like, that it feels like more of a reveal. That's one that I've seen, I've seen the Godfather countless times, but I feel like it's been a while since I've seen it. I feel like I need to appreciate it again. Um, okay. So, so many of my movies are what we are talking about where their characters talking about a character before he shows up, uh, he or she shows up and, and so I think the next next will be that um, okay. for me. So like, um, well, I mentioned Don Logan. Don Logan is a, is a big one, and also when we first see him on screen, like there's that really um, heavy hitting music as he's like walking through the airport. So it's like a nice little montage as well. And then he has a wonderful first line. <laughs> I don't remember what it is. Where he says. He says, I've got to change my shirt. It's sticking to me. I'm sweating like a, and then he says the C word. Um, (laughs) So that's his first line. Um, But uh, so um, I'll say the nightmare before Christmas with Oogie Boogie, like there's a whole song about him. There are other characters who, who warn about him. And then when he finally does show up, it's such a nice moment. Like where you see all of these all this, this gambling motif in his lair. And then he finally starts talking and he sings that wonderful song. I feel like that's, there's a lot of build up there. Um, and okay. then uh, I will say, let's see uh, the character of Arthur, Arthur Lee Allen in Zodiac. Uh, of course there's a buildup in so far as they are talking about the killer a lot. They don't know much about him, but you know, as they're getting tip offs, we need to know why they're looking at this guy in particular. And then when he does show up, like we see like shots of, of him walking up before he says anything. And we immediately know like there is something, there's reason that this guy is being uh, looked at. Uh, And of course it's a wonderful performance by uh, John Carroll Lynch. Um, And uh, let's see. Uh, Willy Wonka. And Willy Wonka and the Chocolate See, Factory. I, I had, I, I have two. Uh, well, I already mentioned all my ones that are in this category of someone who's given a build, uh, a big buildup. Uh, I feel like are already going to be on your list. So one was Don Logan. Okay. Another one is definitely Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah. that's a fantastic uh, uh, introduction because everyone's talking about him, um, and uh, uh, and then he. Uh, tells us he sort of shows us why they're talking about him uh, so we, we meet him and we're like oh he's this great uh uh old candy tycoon or whatever yeah. uh uh and then he pulls his little uh cane somersault uh uh trick and uh yeah that 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 um uh gives us a only reason to talk about him and also says like as we were talking about earlier says a lot about him as a character uh, I will, inc- I will say the character of John Doe in seven. Um, I mean, he's interacted with the characters, but the first time we actually see him, you know, he's just standing there. He's cut his fingertips, his fingerprints off. And he says, I believe you've been looking for me. And it's just like any, I believe he yells detective. Like he brings like everyone's attention is on him at that moment. Um, and certainly they've been talking about him as a concept, not necessarily who he is as a person, but they do, you know, I think they, they found his like apartment and they read his journal. So you, you do hear a lot about him in some cases in his own words uh, before you see him. Um, and along those lines, I'll, I'll say Hannibal Lecter in silence. Of the Lambs. Okay. Uh, well, another, the other one, the last one on my list of you hear a lot uh, about him first, that's Harry Lyme. I assumed Harry Lyme would be on your okay. list as yeah, well. Yeah. Toward the top. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's a it's it's a great intro. And what's interesting is because the what you only hear about Harry Lyme in the past tense, so you don't expect to be introduced to the character, right, uh, yeah. you know. And so I think that's a it's a nice little uh, perversity there. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any any other like people talk about this person. Um, not that I can say, I guess uh, the, the introduction to Minnesota fats and the hustler uh, people are oh, talking a little bit about I him about that. Yeah. Uh, as like a legend. And what I like about him is that he essentially gets like two introductions. There's when he first shows up and everyone's like, you know, very reverential towards him. And then there's halfway through the game that has been going on forever. And then he, he ducks into the other room and he's been like, he's like in his, his tie and his vest and his shirt sleeves all rolled up. And then he goes into the He's other sweating room. like a C word. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then he goes uh, into the other room and like washes up and tighten, you know, tightens his tie and puts his jacket back on and like powders his hands and goes fast Eddie, let's play some pool. And it's such a, it's like, he's like just completely re reinvigorated and almost reintroduced. Like, yeah, no, I'm back again. It's me again. Remember? Um, and I, I love that one. moment. Uh, uh, and I think that's, I guess, you know what, I guess, uh, there is, I mean, there's a lot of talk about Al Capone and the untouchables, but then the moment when he is introduced and you see like the lavish hotel and all that, uh, that's, that's a good introduction as well on its own. Um, uh, here, here's, I'm going to, I'm going to, okay. We're, we're moving on from, uh, uh, things I guess this kind of goes back to opening scene, but this is very clearly a character introduction. Because I'm going to talk about one before I say the name of the movie. I'm going to paraphrase Tom Sharpling describing okay. this movie, uh, uh, the moment he knew he loved this movie. Uh, he said, uh, he said, uh, five minutes into the movie, Quentin Tarantino does the stupidest thing I've ever seen in a movie, and I loved it, and I knew I was hooked. <laughs> and that's Hans Landa pulling out the comically large pipe <laughs> in Inglorious Bastards, yeah. and the the fact like the uh, and Tom Sharp thing was right. The fact that that didn't like break the suspension of disbelief no. says a lot about his control of the scene and Christoph Waltz's control of that of that character. It's uh, yeah. that's a terrific character introduction. That's that's uh, um, funny and then turns very very uh, unfunny um, because yeah, the, obviously the 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 smoking pipe is hilarious. I also love the when he says that because uh, he wants to switch to English so that the people hiding under the 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 floorboards don't know what they're saying but he says like i think i've exhausted my limited french but they've been carrying on this entire yeah. whole conversation yeah. in french he's like <laughs> at, by weird coincidence we happen to only use the words so far yeah. that i know um yeah uh so let's see looking at this um yeah now it's now it's just a little bit random uh like characters sort of entering the uh which I guess there's a fair amount of buildup to the character of Charlie Meadows and Barton Fink. Um, like we hear him laughing or crying. Oh, yeah. Somebody, you know, Barton is talking about him uh, in his own uh, expressing concern, but also kind of complaining. And then we hear the, we hear all this stuff behind the wall and then hear like the very loud clomping over yeah. to Barton's door. Uh, and then, uh, so I feel like that's a pretty good, uh, a really good intro for him um you see you go deep uh, this is what i knew would happen is you're going deeper than than i am um I'm sorry uh no <laughs> why would you be sorry i don't know i don't want to make you feel bad <laughs> uh no no i, I do be bad at this so i've got big like more obvious grand en entrances like okay i know that we don't like this guy anymore but we don't like john wayne either or any of these people yeah. but um uh, the introduction of Jack Sparrow in the first parts of the Caribbean is yeah. so great. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's great because of what Johnny Depp's doing and also because of what Gore Verbinski is doing uh, yeah. uh, and uh, the you know, the entire ship sinking just in time. And what Hans Zimmer is the... doing. Because mm. like, there's this big, this really epic, heroic music and yeah, everything... It's, it's, it's everything an introduction should be and then there's what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I interrupted. I apologize. No, uh, I mean, I've, I've still got, uh, uh, I still got two, I've got two big ones that I'm surprised we haven't gotten to yet. Okay. 
Um, but one I don't want to steal from you because I know what's on your list. Sure. And the other one is almost certainly on your list as well. So I'll go with the other one that is almost certainly on your list, but isn't one I know, okay. which is, of course, Omar Sharif in Lawrence of Arabia. That's that's way um, up there. Yeah. I feel like that's one, and maybe this, I'm not sure if this is still true, but that's a sequence that I knew of before I saw it. Like, that's how much, uh, how indelible that, that was. I'm not even sure how, if it, if I saw it spoofed somewhere or whatever, but like, yeah. I, I knew of this sequence where we see uh, a rider approaching across the desert from a long, long way, uh, yeah. uh, away. Um, and, uh, uh, and yeah, it's still just, is it, even knowing it was in the movie, it's still powerful when it happens. Uh, and speaking of another David lean movie, the introduction of Colonel Nicholson in the bridge on the Requi, which is like, shows up with this big fanfare of whistling, um, you know, all these, uh, British prisoners being marched right. into the, the camp and then he's at the, at the head of it. So, um, and, and like that tells you so much about the character that, he's in charge and he's saying like, all right, guys, uh, we're going to whistle a merry tune as we, uh, as we come into our prison camp. It's just so we know that just so they know they haven't broken our spirit. Like he's just such a, he's such an appearances type of guy. I don't mean that in a, in a, in a superficial way, but like, you know, he, he does the, he makes the bridges as best he can because, uh, he's, he wants future generations to know like what we're capable of and that they haven't broken us. Like that's his whole thing throughout the whole movie. Uh, and, uh, and the fact that they come in, it, it's a little jarring, uh, the way they, they come in. Um, and, uh, let's see a few other, a few other things. Um, uh, I'll take, yeah, I'll take those off. I do think, um, the introduction to, I feel like the Coen brothers are, are pretty good with character introductions. Um, the introduction to Marge Gunderson in Fargo is great because you first see her as a domestic character. Uh, and then um, you see just how brilliant she is as a, as a detective. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. then also obviously the introduction of Jesus in the big Lebowski is a oh, yeah. really strong character introduction for a character that doesn't well, even matter, <laughs> which yeah. I love. What's the line in Fargo though? It's like, uh, I'm not sure I agree with your detective work there, Harv, or something like that. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, like not sure I agree 100% with your police work there, and I don't remember his la his name. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I uh. I make reference to that sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um. So uh. So who who else you got? We can go with the obvious one. Uh, the obvious for, that one would be yeah. on 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 mine, which is Quint. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his fingers his, on the chalk, their fingernails on the chalkboard. Yeah. The, the whole, uh, 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 for that, you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. And he's just eating crackers the whole time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. And I mean, it needs to be a forceful introduction because we don't see this character. We do see him briefly watching something else. And then we don't hear from him again until he shows up in earnest in like the third act of the film, you know? I mean, so when we do finally see him again, it can't be, it can't feel perfunctory. It can't feel like, yeah, yeah, they showed him, he showed up at the beginning, but now here he is. Like we need to, in a way, almost be waiting for him to come back because he's so forceful in that moment. Um, and yeah, the fingernails on the chalkboard thing is just like, it's so very quint uh yeah. and it's and it's it's a little ballsy i think for spielberg to incorporate that because that's such a horrible noise it like even really thinking about is. it now it gets yeah. to me sets my teeth um, on edge yeah <laughs> uh okay so what else uh i have i have I, five more and i'm sure I've i'm got, missing a million of them uh i've got three more and you know what uh i'm just gonna uh you know i will, I will, I will have, okay you go you have five so you okay. you do one and then we'll switch off Okay, I'll say the introduction of Nick Charles in uh, The Thin Man, oh, it's where you, you see, the first time you see him, unsurprisingly, you see him uh, mixing, uh, instructing somebody on how to mix a martini. And he's like dancing around as he like mixes it. Uh, and then you realize that he's been mixing it for himself and he's lecturing, I think, the bartender uh, on how to do it right. And uh, that is maybe the most appropriate uh, character introduction in any movie ever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's there's one that's that's one of mine there. Um, uh, OK, I'm going to start with with one uh, that it's not 
that it's a great necessarily introduction that we learn about the character. It's just indelible. Everyone remembers it. Uh, everyone who's seen the movie remembers it. And it is when I, I thought of it today and I was like, Oh, what about this? My wife was like, so cute. Uh, and that's uh, Gene Seberg in, in breathless shouting sure. New York Herald Tribune. I thought I knew where you were going until you said cute. Yeah. And then I realized <laughs> you're probably not talking about leather face. But which but is yeah, I mean, that's, mine, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's a very memorable uh, mm-hmm. uh, sequence, and I can still hear her saying it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, and so, yeah, Leatherface is, is I'll just that that's mine there um, just now um, because uh, yeah, and there's build up to him, but we have no idea what's being built up to. Um, we see we've seen like the hitchhiker and we don't necessarily know that he's connected, but he's, you know, he's, a uh, an indicator of, of bad things to come. And then we see the, we see the house and something is just very wrong. And then, then Leatherface shows up with that hammer and smack. And then, you know, shutting that door is like the most violent thing in the film. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's just, man. And what a forceful, what a forceful entrance. Uh, all right. My next one is it's a joke one, but, uh, okay. Uh, the introduction to my favorite character in Goodfellas, Jimmy Two Times. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I'll, you know, I like. I realize that I like the movie A Civil Action more than basically everybody, um, but I do love the introduction to Robert Duvall's character. He is our antagonist. He's not a villain, but he's our antagonist. And one thing that is constantly said about that, uh, that character, both because I did read the book that it's based on. And then in the movie, he, he's just so unassuming. Like the introduction is that he's, he has like hold himself away in just like some small library, uh, cubby. And he's listening to a Red Sox game and he's eating a sandwich and chips. Uh, and then someone comes to like deliver, um, and he just kind of looks like an, like a, like a sort of a doddering old man. Um, and then someone comes to like deliver this paperwork and he immediately is like, he goes, Oh, when did someone ask you to give this to me? And the guy's like, uh, the guy plays by played by Josh uh, Pice actually says, uh, Oh, they just, you know, they just told me now he goes on your lunch break. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> and he, go, he goes, Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time for lunch. He goes, Oh man. He goes, well, I would recommend, He's like, I would recommend you you taking a lunch break. Find a nice secluded area where no one can find you. Maybe listen to a, a game if one was on and make it clear that if anyone had any sense of self-preservation at all, they would never interrupt it. And it's like this. <laughs> and it's so it's just like so straightforward. And again, it seems almost folksy because it's Robert Duvall. And it just says everything about this character, like, oh shit. Like he's he'll be really friendly when he destroys you. Um, and like, clearly like it is that, that, and it's also very well written, um, and, and well delivered. Uh, but, um, but clearly it made an impression on me seeing as how I just quoted it, having not seen the film and who knows how long, but I love that introduction of, you know, of a, in a lesser known movie, uh, by a lesser known, uh, you know, of a lesser known character. Um, what else you got? Uh, the last one on my list uh, is a personal favorite, and I had to I had to pick one, by which I mean two characters, but they're introduced together. But this is a movie that has it's an ensemble, and each character gets their own introduction. I could have picked multiple ones. I could sure. have picked uh, um, Parker Posey and Michael Hitchcock, but instead I decided to pick Cookie and Jerry Fleck in Best in Show. That first like little podunk. Uh, 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 dog show competition uh we go to we we see we hear like we we find out that they sing songs about terriers but also we've got uh the this this is uh my sense of humor and i feel like this is one thing my wife and i have such in common is like people who aren't really funny being funny is super funny to us uh and so the whole like you know, we want to see, uh, we're going to go to Philadelphia. Oh, are you going to go to where they make the cream cheese? And Cookie's like, I want to see where they make the light cream cheese. And then Jerry's like, that building's not made out of brick. <laughs> that, that's right. Those kind of corny bad jokes are 
oh they're they're catnip to me i i love that stuff so much and that is the exact type of joke that character would make like those <laughs> yeah. those those actors are really tuned into their characters or later um, when, be when he meets john mcclaken's character who's wearing a name tag that says mary and he finds oh out gosh. he sewed his own leather pants and he goes are you proud mary yeah. and then jack goes who are you all of a sudden <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that movie so much top it's, five funniest movies ever made in my opinion uh it's i don't know if i'd go that far but uh it's up there it's it's hard to beat i do laugh a lot um okay so i have two left one is uh the character of bella lugosi and ed wood uh where oh, we yeah. first see him like ed happens to see someone that looks like bella lugosi in a casket and he walks up and you see him just laying there and then his eyes open and he goes too constrictive um and it's such a nice a nice moment and the music even changes it kind of has this slavic quality to it which i really like uh and then the last one that i'll mention is the introduction of death in the seventh seal um where he just i mean it comes out of nowhere he just suddenly is there on the beach um and uh and it's so and it's just you know the it's overcast and all that so it's not like it's a sunny beach but you know it's this nice scene of nature and then he, there he is like this this big black blot uh on on the scenery and uh and i love that so much and in a way it's like it's a perfect embodiment of death that like you're just doing whatever and well there he is and you can't uh, really get away from him so um but yeah as as you mentioned uh listeners i'm sure there are, are literally thousands that we didn't mention uh that didn't yeah. occur to us so please feel free to, to weigh in yeah let us know all right well you can find us at battleshipretention.com you can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com you can follow me david on twitter at davy pretension uh this week on the website you can read my reviews of christopher landon's freaky and francis lee's ammonite which um I have to try very hard not to say like, uh, uh, Jimmy Walker, uh, ammo night. <laughs> um, you can follow you Tyler. Know what? They should have thought of that before they named the yeah. movie. Like they uh, had to know. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler pretension. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything to plug right now? Uh, no, I don't. Unfortunately, I'm not, uh, out, well, what are like, you, I, what's keeping you busy? I don't understand. I know. I, know. <laughs> uh, I definitely, you know, it's, uh, parenthood is an interesting thing especially like with with twins like they just require so much of your time and you love them but there's there is a, a, a certainly a melancholy quality to it when you realize that like your old life is just not feasible anymore uh at least not the way that it was and there's something very really really that has never been the case in my life like, obviously getting married is a big deal moving to a new state is a big deal but like this is very different like you just can't carry on the way you were and i think there are moments that where that really hits me and one of them is like i have so many ideas i have ideas of things i want to write of things i want to record and then you realize like you have to try and fit that in around your job and around the feeding and sleeping schedule of newborn two newborn boys and uh it's it's pretty tough but uh, hopefully you know as i slowly but surely reintroduce things like uh, like battleship pretension uh, hopefully i'll get a a handle on things and i'll be able to do more stuff for more than one lesson and for for bp not that anyone asked for that sorry <laughs> uh well uh good luck with all that and uh uh thank you at home for listening we'll get you next time bye bye This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.